Before we begin, I think we should say the Chicken Foot Creed, the Hagar Hymn, the Satriani Salute, the Michael Anthony uh, monologue. <laughs> I'm here on rockcelebrities.net and it talks about Sammy Hagar's prayer that they say before Chicken Foot. And it was originally posted as a video on Twitter. So it's him sitting uh, probably in Cabo Wabo or wherever, looking very sunburned, talking about the prayer he does. And then someone on this website wrote the whole thing up. And we have it here. It's basically, we thank God for the love in the light, for allowing the light to pass through us and touch all those we come in contact with. We thank God for the opportunity to bring love and joy to all the people tonight and for the ability to do a perfect job. I am the resurrection and the life. And that's a prayer that I wrote about the resurrection and the life, which is the I am consciousness. We do that. But before we do that, I usually do a shot of tequila. <laughs> and then it goes into the editorial here. The prayer's focus on light, love, and resurrection shows the Red Rocker's spiritual side. With this reveal, fans, fans now have a new understanding of what drives Hagar's stage performances. In Sammy's case, the show begins with a circle of hands, a heartfelt prayer, and a shot of tequila. Pretty good. From I mean, I some like random the, the Turkish part, lady. The part that stuck out to me is uh, when he said the ability to do a perfect job is something that God's given them. Would anyone say that a chicken foot show is perfect? I guess it's a 10 out of 10 chicken foot show. Yeah, maybe perfect is subjective. Or perfect is relative. Yeah. I guess it, it probably sounds like the albums. I mean, I don't want to listen to it either way. Yeah. <laughs> but I'm sure they remember the lyrics and stuff. Are you sure about that? Because when it comes to like Motley Crue or something, that's not a given. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Vince Neil wouldn't remember lyrics. Ozzy Osbourne wouldn't. Yeah, I don't know enough about Hagar to know if he bothers to remember lyrics at this age. He only has one shot of tequila, so he should be good. Unless he has, uh, like, mid-show rituals. Does he have a mid-show prayer? I think he should do that. Yeah, he should do a prayer in between every song so he can have, like, 20 shots throughout the show. Like that restaurant where they stop at midnight, or not at midnight, at noon. They should be open 24 hours a day and do it at midnight, too. But they... Uh, make everyone do the Pledge of Allegiance. Oh, it's like in the D.C. area, right? I've seen yeah, video I think of that. Mission Barbecue, maybe that's what it's called. Yeah. It's something like that. It's like the badass troop restaurant, and they make everyone stand for that. But I think, uh, I think Chicken Foot should make people stand for a prayer, and it should be after every song. Yeah, agreed. And it should be that because same prayer Because if you're Sammy Hagar, yeah, it should be that sa the same prayer, the Hagar hymn. It's kind of a generic prayer, but it does... To be fair to Sammy Hagar, it does show his spiritual side. It shows the spiritual side of Chicken Foot, which is something that we don't often see. <laughs> we, we most often see them as party animals, as fun guys, as just Joe Satriani and Sammy Hagar and Michael Anthony and Will Ferrell. And they yeah. have fun and they play their songs and people's dads go to see them. And uh, they, they, also they were featured in an episode of Aqua Teen Hunger Force, according to Wikipedia. <laughs> I didn't know that there was like a uh, time overlap there. That's exactly what I was thinking. Apparently though, they started in 2008. So they already been around 15 years. Wow. Aqua Teen Hunger Force. When did it go off the air? 2015. What? Wow. Okay. 
Well, I guess a lot of stuff could have been on Aqua Teen Hunger Force. Dude, the first uh, Chicken Foot show in 2008 was a three-song set that included Led Zeppelin's rock and roll. Oh, nice. What an insanely boring way to introduce your supergroup to the world. Well, they probably did a six solo. Yeah, yeah. You know that Satriani can't let that one just sit. You know, he's going to have to put his own spin on it. No, he's got to pull his weight. That's a good one to yowl over if you're Sammy Hagar as well. Yeah. You can do lots of riffs. You can say lots of prayers. It's true. Yeah, you could do the, you could do moans to God, like Robert Plant moans, but to God. Ooh, yeah. (laughs) Ooh, I want to see you, Lord. I'm sure this is out there. I, I guarantee someone had to do Christian Zeppelin. They probably did it a few years too late. It was probably like mid or late 80s. I bet someone did like Christian Zeppelin. Yeah, I mean... Striper is not that far off, <laughs> but ideally it would be like Billy Squire. I was thinking ideally it would be someone you've just never heard of. Who's just like on the mega church circuit, you know, like Billy Squire, the stroke, but it's Christian. That would be awesome. Yeah. <laughs> um, Alex, I know you also were very excited to give us a review of the new Lana Del Rey album. Oh yeah. I found out two months late that there's a new Lana Del Rey album and I decided to check it out. Because sometimes she has some good songs. It's another one where everything is produced by Jack Antonoff. And uh, I do have a personal rule where if it's a slow song, I skip it. But hopefully there won't be too many. So track one. I'm going to skip that. Track two. Going to skip that. Track three. Going to skip that. Track four, I hear acoustic guitar. Skip that. That's an interlude. Skip that. Pretty slow. Skip that. Interlude. Skip that. Slow song. Track nine. Skip that. Ten. Skip that. Eleven. Skip that. Twelve. Skip that. Guess that one's silent. Skip that. Slow, skip that. That's pretty slow still. Skip that. Skip that. So I'll give that a 10 out of 10. <laughs> yeah, what did you think? Pretty good. I didn't, uh, I, I can't really review it, so it was probably really, really good. Yeah, if you want to hear some slow music, it might be up your alley. If you've got an hour and 17 minutes, and you want to hear a couple interludes featuring random famous guys? My honest advice to her and to Jack Antonoff is that they should do nightcore versions of these songs. Let's get it to a 45-minute album. An hour and 17 minutes is so much. Let's just take all of these and speed them up like 125%. Maybe we can speed them up like grindcore length where they should just be about 20 seconds long. We well, then you don't get the Spotify it. revenue. I think oh, you need true. to be they 30 need to be seconds. 30 seconds, you're right. Yeah, ideally, in terms of monetary reward, you would want to have a lot of songs at the end so it keeps playing all night and all day. You would have relaxing rain sounds for sleep, and it would be an hour long, and you would have those tacked onto the end of the Lana Del Rey album, Yeah, and it would keep playing. <laughs> because why not? That is is there true. a limit yeah, on how like- much... Why doesn't Drake just have 
61 minute songs of ambient noise at the end of his album every time. Yeah, how come it's okay for the Beatles to have a lock groove at the end of their record where it plays forever and it plays a dog whistle and farm animal noises, but it's not okay to have rain sounds playing forever after an album on Spotify and then you get to collect royalties for it yeah, as long I, the, as they leave it on. Sergeant Pepper should be allowed to be that way on Spotify too, where it just goes on forever. It there automatically should be certain adds, songs that uh, do that. Yeah, it automatically adds, like, it turns on, like, the one-song loop feature. Yeah, like, A Day in the Life should have some sort of DRM baked in where you have to to listen to the groove at the end. And you have to manually turn it off. It can't just end. It can't go to a new song. It can't repeat. You have to go in and turn it off because you find it annoying. So now I'm hung up on that idea because it never occurred to me before that I wonder how, like, grindcore guys have reacted to Spotify monetization because their songs are just as well, but their songs are just as likely to be 25 seconds as they are to be 35 seconds. And it's like, if your 35 second song is that short, it's going to rack up like more money than usual, but your 25 second songs getting screwed over now, you know, is anal cunt on Spotify. Only one way to find out. Wow. These guys were, these guys are really offensive. (laughs) <laughs> are they holy on there? shit yeah how, do, how does their like play count look you know um i mean pretty good for what it is like completely unlistenable yeah it's like uh <laughs> 50 000 on average all right uh pretty short songs unfortunately i think all of them are dead I, yeah most of them are good for them yeah almost all of them are over 30 seconds there's only the occasional one that's shorter if that guy hadn't died uh he probably could have made like 43 cents off that by now (laughs) yeah (laughs) so uh kind of stupid of him to do that another cool thing to do i think would be to have every prior album sped up like at the end of your or like a recap for a show yeah (laughs) where you have all your past uh, I guess 19 albums for Lana Del Rey. Like, uh, compress them all into 10 minutes, I would say. Have them go chipmunk mode. So you well, just kind of get the gist of it. Kind of like on TV where they do, like, after The Walking Dead, they do Talking Dead and they just talk about it for an hour. There yeah, be after the Lana Del Rey album too. ends, it immediately goes into Anthony Fantano giving his opinion for yeah. a full <laughs> it's hour. It's on the track And list. you cannot turn it off. Yeah. Track like 15 on that album is just an hour-long Anthony Fantano rant. Followed by another interlude. Oh, I love interludes. Interludes are kind of a good idea, I guess. If someone's even rappers were getting over those for a while, I guess. Now they're back. Yeah, rappers just put those in because they were fun. That was before there was an incentive in terms of streaming. Yeah, absolutely. But now there's more of an incentive. I guess it is. It is really like cynical real fans too, are like, going to leave it playing. Hers like the, had like featured artists on there, right? So it's like you're getting this featured artist name linkable on your album and all that shit for just like talking for a brief period of time on your album. Yeah, pretty good. It's really cynical. It would be funny to have someone on in a feature in an interlude only and not even a musical interlude. Just yeah. do a spoken word thing or a shout out like they're on the radio, but you don't let them be on a song. It's just good business. We should do that. We should both get a shout outs from Nate 
Yeah. <laughs> where he doesn't say anything or just chop up like podcast appearances of his. That's kind of goes back to what we did with Zola Jesus really early on in this show where we did this, the weed selling skit with her. Oh yeah. I remember that. I remember that. I was on that. <laughs> so there's a little more Megan Trainer news. There's a guy named Chris Olson on TikTok and him and Megan Trainer make a lot of content together. Now is he is he Megan Trainer's gay? Maybe so. I haven't actually dug into who he is, but let's see. That's got to be him, right? Yeah, I think I listened to a clip of his voice. I know there was someone on her song that said uh Megan Trainer is literally mother right now. And I I think it's this one guy. It's her one gay that she Yeah, has. that would make perfect sense. But anyway, uh, there's I was wondering because there's a picture of him hugging her and then they're holding up the pictures of her ultrasound, which is so weird. And then it says Bestie is having another baby in the comments, which is that's just too much. That's just too much. I know it's a gay man and it's her friend, but it's just too much. He's holding the ultrasound photos, by the way. <laughs> it's just, come on, man. It's just my, your mom's friend. My favorite thing about this BuzzFeed article is uh, this unusual amount of like introspection and honesty from one of the commenters who's like, I didn't care about her comments and now I have to care what this TikTok fluencer has to say about them. God, I don't even know what I'm doing here. I have to reevaluate some things about my life. You know, that's good that they're going to reevaluate. And most commenters on stuff like this just get mad, but this guy is actually looking inward, you know? This is the best news there is. Like, what is better than this on Yahoo <laughs> Life? Let's see. Or I guess there's one on BuzzFeed too, but there's a, the one I have open is Yahoo Life. What parents should know about YouTuber Mr. Beast? Well, I'm not a parent, so useless to me. Yeah, you're not Michelle allowed Obama to read that. launches a new juice drink for kids. I don't have kids. Useless to me. Uh, how four trans teens threw the prom of their dreams. Not trans, not a teen, not going to prom. Uh, so, yeah, this is a bullshit site, so that person shouldn't be complaining. That's the best article on there. Uh, you wouldn't be saying it's a bullshit site if you actually cared about Michelle Obama's amazing new drink. What if it's good? It Probably could be is. good. I bet it pairs really curious. good with a pound of lion meat. Does she like lion meat? Well, I think because it's like vegetarian drink, you said, you got to like balance that out, right? Oh, yeah. You got to get protein. Yep. I guess it's just juice. Wait a minute. <laughs> the headline, Michelle Obama, it's just juice. Look at the picture on this. Each eight ounce serving has 35 calories. It's 75% less sugar, but I, this is Getty images. And I think it's like official Michelle Obama PR stuff. And it's got a nutrition facts thing where it zooms in on five grams of protein with a magnifying glass over the nutrition facts. But then you look at the actual nutrition facts and it's 28% daily value of saturated fat <laughs> and 20% value of fat and 200 calories. And then it shows a kid drinking out of a juice box. And I'm just imagining what kind of horrible drink would have 28% daily value of saturated fat in one little <laughs> bottle. And it would be really good. It would be like chicken broth. 
chicken broth in a juice box. But anyway, back to that Megan Trainer article. When BuzzFeed spoke to the TikToker amid his collaboration with Head and Shoulders, we asked him if he'd ever talked about how forthcoming Megan is with her personal life. Yes and no, he replied. Sometimes we'd be talking about what we wanted to do on TikTok that week, and she would, like, say these things she wanted to share, to which I'm like, are you sure? Like, randomly, she has shared multiple videos about having anal fissures. Those are all things where I'm like, do you want to post that? And she's like, yeah, should I not? And I'm like, no, I mean, go for it. Anytime you share something vulnerable, it makes at least one person out there feel less alone. Because we're all going through the same things at all times. What? Yeah, I'm, not going going through through I'm, at, I'm not going through I'm not going through I'm not going through getting dicked down so hard by the spy kid <laughs> that it hurts. BuzzFeed then brought up an incident in which Megan's comments about painful sex and vagismus were taken out of context and were instead painted as an overshare about her husband's penis size. This is what it's like if you're Megan Trainer's friend. You're getting interviewed about Megan's comments about painful sex and vagismus. She knows how to dominate the news cycle. Yeah. You have to talk about her body. Thanks for talking to us, Chris. You can read the full interview with Chris here. Thanks for talking about your friend's vagismus. He should, like, if he's smart, he should uh, get his whole own press cycle off of her press cycle. <laughs> you gotta he should hear turn what he on has her. to say about the anal fissures. If he accused her of making a homophobic comment, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> the clicks that would get. If he accused her of having a Bob Marley themed uh, cover band with her family. Oh yeah, her Jamaican uncle. Now I'm just reading this Michelle Obama article and it seems like such a, like this is a product that's just guaranteed to instantly fail, I think. Yeah, I do want to try it, but there are just so many drinks out there and I don't know if parents pay that much attention to this stuff. No, oh, no way. Or not, it's especially not in this, like, yeah, P-L-E-Z-I and it's all uppercase and the I is lowercase, which is just so annoying. I guess it has less sugar than a lot of other juices for kids. That's like the selling point. Oh, I'm looking at the, the comments on here now. Some people also noticed the nutrition facts thing, but they also thought it was real. Yeah, it's just a random stock image, it seems like. Yeah, it's a stock image of nutrition facts, and they didn't edit most of it. So it's from like a, a brownie or something. And it's supposed to be juice. But John says, read the whole label. It's 10 grams of sugar, not five. The magnifying glass shows one serving at three ounces. There are two servings per container. There are 400 calories for the example showed. And then Susan says, yeah, so, so true. People forget to read the label on items that advertise how much you are getting. Very few <laughs> people or children would only drink half a bottle. It works out, and then W says, it works out to 800 calories for the same amount of the drink that would fit in a can of Coke. If that were so, it would be like taking in more calories than a six-pack of Coke. Since this was nothing more than free advertising for Michelle, I am fine letting that be the misrepresentation of what is in it. Yahoo did zero favors by putting that label next to the drink. Okay, so that person realizes what's going on. And then uh, the next replier, I guess they didn't read that full comment, says, that's how the Obamas operate, to get rich. They lie. <laughs> so the other three people think that's it's an actual drink that has 800 calories in an eight-ounce serving, which is like the, uh, that's what Cole Campbell drinks to lose <laughs> weight. Those gainer shakes. Yeah. Trying to pack in every calorie you can per volume. 
That's so awesome. Yeah, I hate how Michelle Obama is selling these 800-calorie healthy drinks yeah, to children. That's how she makes her fortune is by lying. But yeah. <laughs> like, oh, they, they love lying. What do they lie about? <laughs> She's trying to hide the nutrition facts from you that are right next to her picture on there. It's not that it's a stock image with some random numbers. It's funny when people think the Obamas had to lie about their background or something to get ahead in politics. Yeah, he got ahead that by being not like just fairly a smooth, talk, a smooth talker who made uh, connections with people. Yeah. Like it would even help him if he lied about like being in Indonesia or whatever. Yeah, that's a good like, point. That he would help him. He could have lied about uh, not eating a dog. Or the Maybe idea he... that his name was Barry Sotoro. Oh, and yeah. he's trying to hide it that. because wouldn't that be better? Yeah, it does sound wouldn't more that generically help? Wouldn't that be better English, than Barack Hussein American. Obama? Yeah. It just doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Same thing with the Michelle Obama trans thing. Like one, both of their kids look exactly like both of them split yeah. down the middle. Very clear visually that the, that's their biological children. And two, uh, the Democrats support that. So why would they even be hiding it? It doesn't even make sense. There's no way he could have won without claiming he ate that dog. But in fact, I think he never ate a dog. He was just trying to score points with these demon rats who like to eat dogs. Neil Schoen is under fire for performing for Shell Oil Company in a private gig with Journey. Oh, that's not even the uh, Journey guy who goes on uh, the Jim, Jim Baker, Baker show all the time, right? It's a different guy? Yeah, I don't think he's in Journey anymore. Is he? Who is in Journey currently? Let's see. I know it's not Steve Perry. Members, is there a graph? Yeah, I guess Jonathan Kane is in it, so he would be there too. Yeah, he was the one that he always goes on shows and does "Don't Stop Believing" for Christians. Yeah, yeah, that's who we're but, thinking of. Like he did write that song, but he didn't sing it originally, and it doesn't really sound that good when he's singing it, and it's just piano. Yeah. It just doesn't <laughs> hit like the original song. But uh, I guess Neil Schoen made the mistake of posting this to Twitter, and then one guy who's uh, just some random old guy replies to him and says, I'm a Journey diehard fan, but private gigs for big oil companies? And then Neil says, it's a one-off private. Why not? And that's <laughs> it. That's the whole thing. But it got on, got on this website, rockcelebrities.net, one of our roster of, like, not quite AI, but almost AI websites. I think of it as being the opposite of AI because their sentences are so curiously composed. Anatoly intelligence. Is so, like flat, you know. That's what yeah. we'll call it. <laughs> That's right. Because they're based out of Turkey. Uh, but, but, but yeah, I, guess it's I, a, I have sympathy for that one boomer that's the only reply because uh who would have ever thought that a band like Journey would sell out, you know? Yeah. The most commercial band. I guess KISS would be the most commercial band. Yeah, but they true. wouldn't get hired to play for uh, oil companies because they're too scary. I don't think we ever talked about that Paul Stanley thing where uh, like a couple weeks ago, Paul Stanley made a comment about like trans kids or something. No, I didn't even see that. It was like three weeks ago and it was, and then he immediately retracted it. <laughs> it's like Megan Trainer saying, fuck teachers. Yeah. Like he said, uh, Parents are normalizing and even an encouraging participation in gender identities, calling it a sad and dangerous fad. And then he went back on it immediately. And it was just very weird because 
like obviously he wears a makeup and yeah, he's that's what also I was gonna say that's the main thing he's known for is wearing makeup all the time. He's also basically had facial feminization surgery. Yeah. Like if you look at a picture of him now without the makeup on, he yeah, has just, just he's had FFS. Yeah. He looks like a a woman. He has a woman's features now. It's so strange. <laughs> like, he is, just, he's exactly the kind of guy though who that would be lost on, you know. I'm sure it's no, I'm sure like genuinely never crossed his mind to think about that. Look at this picture of him. <laughs> oh man, that's way more intense than I was expecting, even. It's so weird. Like if you sent that, it's a picture of Paul Stanley and his wife and their kids. But if you sent that to someone and said, This is this is my lesbian aunt and her partner, her yeah. life partner, they would be 100%. like, Oh, that's nice. Wow, that's nice. She looks pretty. But I guess he decided he wanted to dip his toe into that and then pulled it back out because it's you have to stick to it. You have you really have to go down the rabbit hole if you're gonna go down that road. And it's not worth it. Unless you're Kid Rock or you're Ted Nugent or you're one of those guys. Like the yeah, guy you have from to build uh, your whole thing around it, you know. <laughs> the guy from Mumford and Sons, what's he gonna do? It's just even JK like, Rowling ca- counts of like if she just never said or did another thing after 10 years ago, everyone would have like fond memories of her, but she has to double down again and again and again to keep digging deeper, you know? Yeah. People need managers who are willing to tell them, do not weigh in on this. People are just going to get mad at you. It's not worth it. Just collect your, collect your royalties. Don't worry about it. And I think someone told that to Paul Stanley pretty quickly. Like, no, 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 no. A bunch of people are mad. A bunch of people are mad. We have a huge tour. We have a huge tour. And then it kind of went away, which is good. They should stick to doing tongue moves. That should become their whole thing is move away from the music entirely and just do like TikToks where they're just sticking their tongues out and stuff to like viral songs. Kiss talks. Yeah. Is Gene Simmons on Kiss? Let's see. Or on TikTok? Is Is he on Kiss? Is he on TikTok? Oh, he has one TikTok, but it's uh, footage of a kiss tour. That sucks. I was hoping he would be doing tongue moves. Yeah. Like the guys that reply that. to porn accounts on Twitter with pictures yeah. of them doing their, they've got like thrush on their tongue and they're doing <laughs> trying to be yeah. sexy. I was hoping it would be something like that. Ideally. If he still cared about what he was doing, he would be like replying to Doja Cat with stuff like that. Yeah. Some Zoomer should buy his account. <laughs> You should get it run by the same person that runs Andrew Tate's account now that and it posts about cat girls. Oh yeah. I saw uh, Felix pointed out that Andrew Tate is stealing a black homers thing. <laughs> the, the black Homer account that hasn't been active for like eight years. It's just like life feels more empty without her. Yeah. It's so like, it, it's meant to get that reaction. I guess it's someone in the know doing it. And it's yeah. always, it's such a weird feeling when that happens. Like the first time it ever happened was someone buying horse eBooks when it yeah. used to be automated. And then someone started writing fake automated tweets. And it, uh, in a lot, a lot of those political accounts that people dunk on, like Nick Adams, USA and, uh, Greg Kelly, where they'll post some really dumb shit, like it, where it's clearly phrased, like almost like a drill tweet. Yeah, definitely. The those Nick Adams are, one especially. Those are like, they're run by some sort of social media firm, some sort of griper social media firm. And Andrew Tate is definitely either a similar thing or the same people. And it's interesting. It's 
people adapting to how Twitter works, especially yeah, now where quote tweet dunking is especially incentivized and yeah. anything that's controversial gets put in the for you tab. And it's in it, people also, they're more likely to boost blue check shit by, uh, by quote tweet dunking on it. I've noticed that. Yeah. It's so insane, dude. So like, not only do you get pushed up in replies, and I think it's, it's partially a function of blue check people being dumb because yeah. they paid for it. They're dumb to begin with, but also that, uh, people are more likely to quote tweet someone if they see the blue check, but either way they're getting, uh, they're kind of getting boosted again. So that's kind of weird. Yeah, it just kind of goes back to something I've said before that it all it always makes me think of like Tucker Max or something where he's one of those early guys to realize that just getting bad attention all the time is still just a viable way to have a career. And that's what those like Nick Adams accounts are like. It's just like if we just get quote tweet dunked on all the time, we'll get a shitload of followers, you know? Yeah, he recently went up to some celebrity. I forget who it was. But he went up to a celebrity at the airport and then took a picture with him and then said he was hanging out with the guy. And then the guy (laughs) said, like, no, he just took a picture with me. But you're still like, he's not only getting the picture, but he's also getting an acknowledgement from the celebrity on Twitter. Yeah, it effectively worked out even better than it could have any other way. You know, That's exactly what he wanted. Yep. Well, in other news... It turns out there are at least 11 musical instruments that start with the letter Z. I think the only one I could name off the top of my head is a zither. Xylophone. Oh, xylophone. Classic. How could I forget that? You're right. Um, But singersroom.com, our favorite purely AI-generated site, uh, has ranked the 11 best musical instruments that start with the letter Z. I think we did the letter T like a month or two ago. And, you know, we're going to have to go through the whole alphabet because this is some riveting stuff. Instruments are awesome. When it comes to musical instruments, many people might think of familiar names like guitar, piano, or drums. However, there are countless other instruments that exist, with, with each offering its unique sound, history, and cultural significance. In this article, we will explore the top 11 musical instruments that start with the letter Z. Top 11. Interesting. I, I guess it's hard enough to find up. 10, and if there are 11. Each of these to... lists has a different amount, though. Like, So I don't really know why they chose the specific amount they did. Yeah. I think they're all made up, too. These are AI-generated instruments. Yeah. <laughs> number one is Zambamba. The Zambamba classic instrument, number one. It doesn't say where it's from, which is funny. Building upon the timeless sound of its predecessors, the Zambamba is a captivating musical instrument that has been gaining popularity in recent years. And it's, it it looks like a a vase with a stick in it, but there's a stick that comes out of it and you jack it off. Yeah. (laughs) It's like a wooden dowel that you jack off. And it sounds like uh, (laughs) it doesn't say what country it's from at all. I like that it builds on the timeless sound of its predecessors, which are also never mentioned. Yeah, what are the predecessors? It claims in short, if you're looking for an. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. If you're looking for an exciting new addition to your repertoire of musical instruments, then look no further than the Zambamba. Easy to use, like capable, yet capable of producing stunning results. I don't know if this is easy to use. 
<laughs> it doesn't sound like anything, barely. It says it's good for jazz, reggae, or anything else in between. No matter what type of sound you're going for, there's sure to be a way to make use of this extraordinary <laughs> instrument. Uh, it's based on the saranca, the saransa, the Portuguese uh, membranophone. From Wood hearing stick the video, read, it seems sound is obtained a- by moving the stick up and down. Yeah, it has like a very narrow use case in music, I think. I don't think you're going to hear this in a pop hit anytime soon. Yeah, I guess they use it in flamenco music. Yeah, I can't think of how I would work this into a beat. It's kind of a honk. <laughs> the hmm. article claims that um, its size makes it incredibly portable. Perfect for taking on stage or throwing into your suitcase before you hit the road. <laughs> Gotta throw my Zambamba in the suitcase before my rock band goes on tour. TSA took my Zambombas. Yeah. <laughs> they took my Zambombas and my Zamponia. Ignorant uh, TSA agent doesn't know what a Zambomba is. Number two, the Zamponia. Yep. If you thought the Zambomba was good, well, you were right, but the Zamponia is almost as good. It's another captivating musical instrument that has been around for centuries, boasting an array of pipes and reeds. I love to boast of all my pipes and reeds. This unique contraption produces a distinctively beautiful sound when played. So this is just a bagpipe. Oh, it's believed to have originated uh, south of Italy, or in the south of Italy. It's interesting that it's almost the same name as that South American one, but very different. Where did bagpipes come from? Who came up with that? This is another thing. It claims that it can be found all over the world, from jazz halls to symphony orchestras. From traditional Italian folk tunes to modern-day pop tracks, there's no limit to what kind of soundscapes you can create with this remarkable instrument. So why not give the Zamponia a try today? Oh, I see a statue of a guy playing a Zamponia. I've confirmed it. It's real. It claims that it'll, you'll be surprised. You'll see just how quickly it'll become an essential part of your creative process. This article's already been a game-changer for our creative process. Has anyone ever put bagpipes in jazz? I'm sure someone did it as like a novelty. I can't imagine that sounds good. Okay, Wait, number I mean, three. Is the Zamponia different than the... Z- is this the same thing? Number three is the Zamponia with an Enye instead of a G-A. <laughs> or no, this is a different thing. It is different. So it's a type of panpipe native to South America. Unlike its Italian counterpart, the Zamponia features several pipes of varying lengths that are played individually or together in order to produce an array of pitches. It allows for more melodic expression than with just one pipe. That's the most coherent paragraph that we've seen in here. I guess yeah, this just is more like, like a, a harmonica flute. kind of. It's like a pan flute harmonica almost. They should come up with a better name. Number four, the Zanfona. It's another traditional South American instrument. This better not be the same thing. It looks like a hurdy-gurdy in the picture. Oh, it is a hurdy-gurdy. It says hurdy-gurdy in the, the video that it put in. Oh, is this just... Is that a mistake or is this just a different name for a hurdy-gurdy? Let's see. Let's look it up. Yeah, it just means hurdy-gurdy in Spanish. That's okay. what a lot of these are. <laughs> like uh, Zamponia, the one with the G-N, is just Italian for bagpipe. So they're kind of cheating here. There aren't this many Z instruments. I don't know, man. Do you think the Zambomba is number one, or do you think the Zamfona is, is uh, giving it a run for its money, you know? I think the Zamfona sounds better. Oh, yeah, I definitely agree. Like, a hurdy-gurdy has a lot more versatility than... 
a stick in a jug thing that makes a weird percussive sound. Hurdy Gurdy is a better name, though. Yeah. By far. Why would you name it anything else when it has a name like Hurdy Gurdy? How about number five? The I don't know if I'm going to pronounce this right, but the Zock. It's a capital Z A lowercase Q Q. Although that capital A is probably a typo by the AI. Oh, this is like a bagpipe. Yeah, it's like a variation on bagpipes. It looks like a... Does it say what animal this is? doesn't say what animal this is, but it's some sort of some sort of deer, maybe? Here's Where the thing. If like, we were on Wikipedia, we could actually learn about these things, but the AI article just leaves out all of the core details. It looks like they kind of made a, a deer's body into a bagpipe. It says it's from the Maltese Islands. Although, like, given how much I know about how things like ChatGPT work now, they get facts wrong so often that I'm sure at least some of this stuff is wrong. I guess I would have no way to check. If that wasn't the real Zoc, if there wasn't the real Zanfona or Zambona or Zambonia. I think Wikipedia is what I would be checking against, and that's about it. I guess I did check. I did check that Zanfona does mean hurdy-gurdy, and Zamponia with the G-N instead of the N-Y-A. Does mean bagpipe. I think our job today, though, is to spread misinformation anyway. Like how Michelle Obama's new healthy drink for kids has 28% saturated fat per three ounce serving. Yeah, it's mostly vegetable oil. It makes your kids all slick. They're all slick. They're sliding around on the hardwood floor. Yeah, your kids are going to be so loaded up on this stuff. They're not even going to have the energy to play their Zock in the school band or their Zamfona or Zamponia. <laughs> My kids are oily like dogs, thanks to Michelle Obama. <laughs> Maybe Barack is uh, grooming them to be eaten. He wants them to be more like dogs so that they taste better to him. Michelle Obama made my son greasy like a Labrador retriever. You feed it human food. <laughs> Number six is Zalaika. Diving into the, the world of percussion instruments, one can't help but be captivated by another traditional instrument, the Zalaika. The single reed wind instrument is made from wood and has a distinctive sound that lends itself to fast and lively folk music. Oh, this is cool. I like how it's making a sales pitch to you at the end of each write-up. Why not give it a try? You never know where your journey with this remarkable instrument might take you. And it already called one of the other ones a remarkable instrument, too. <laughs> it's, it's so many, it's such narrow sentences it comes up with. Oh, this is like some Hava Nagila shit. I'm on my Zalaika shit. You know what this Zalaika could use, though? It could use a Zambamba in the arrangement. Zalaika and Zambamba would be awesome. And if you could play both of them on a Zamboni. Yep. Playing a Zach on a Zamboni at the halftime for like an Edmonton Oilers game. We need to spread the misinformation that xylophone starts with Z. Yep. It actually does. It's a Mandela effect. You remembered it wrong. No, of course it does. Don't look it up. And zebra starts with X. It's true. So number seven on the list, the zheng, an ancient Chinese instrument that dates back over that dates back over two thousand years. Wow, the video is someone doing "See You Again" by Wiz Khalifa on this. <laughs> that song sucks so bad, dude. Oh, it's a harp. Yeah, what an annoying song. Man, the comments on this have got to be so stupid. I got to go look at it. The woman playing the Wiz Khalifa song on the Chinese harp. There, there have to be people that say, like, I played this at my dad's funeral because he liked Chinese food. Yeah. 
the AI write-up is saying that for beginners, there's many tutorials available online, but this instrument is like six feet long. Like how many people are just like picking up one of these on a whim to learn it, you know? There is someone in here who says, I love Chinese music more than anything in this world. No, anything in this wood. <laughs> W-O-U-L-D. So I think there are a lot of people who see this and they don't know that See You Again is a, a song. And they just think this is like a traditional Chinese song that you play on a harp. for Fast and Furious or uh, Wiz Khalifa. We're going to have to comment on this ourselves. Fast and Furious brought me here. Wow, no one's even mentioned the name Paul Walker in the comments. Someone said Paul Waker. <laughs> oh, no wonder they just can't spell his name right. I call him Paul Waker because they had a wake for him. <laughs> Oh, here we go. I scrolled enough to finally find a couple of them. Man, that was really beautiful. Heartbreak emoji. My eternal starlet, Paul Walker. I guess he was a starlet. Yeah, I think most people don't realize that it's from Fast and Furious. A lot of them are like, Mom, I see you again. Cry, 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 cry emoji. I miss yeah, a you lot so of people much, in, Mom. in India. Yeah, that, that was an Indian comment. Yeah, there have to be a lot of... Wait a minute, this... There's one, uh, uh, see you again on Zither. Well, that ties in nicely. <laughs> is see you again played on every instrument on this list? Can we find see you again played on Zambamba? The same, I think some of those are not really melodic instruments. It yeah, would just be, it would be great though. <laughs> you can't really play it on a drum. Let's see. Number wow, eight is this the stuff. Zhui Hu, another stringed instrument native to China. It has been gaining popularity among modern players. I like this is an especially unique AI one because it starts suggesting why not try attaching some effects pedals. And then it says you could also explore alternative tunings like DADG or GBC sharp E flat. I'm not setting up an alternative tuning on my Zwihu. Are you kidding me? <laughs> it's enough of a pain in the ass to do it on a guitar. I don't even want to do that. You have to change it back and shit. You have to have like 12 guitars or else that's just. Well, Not let me try to, but to do it on my Zwihu. How many Zwihu <laughs> am I going to have? Let me make the case to you that this magical little instrument offers endless possibilities. So don't let yourself get stuck inside musical boxes. Break out and discover what wonders await when you put your heart into playing the Zwihu. I wonder what percentage of like chat GPT and stuff are trained on advertising language. Because most of these sentences feel so like adver like advertising, you know? Like this really phony, like upbeat attitude. Number I'm nine, Chinese. Oh, or sorry, number nine, the zither. This is probably the most famous one on here, and somehow it fell all the way to number nine. Yeah, I'm listening to someone play this on zither. Play, uh, see you again. There's a comment <laughs> here. I'm Chinese, but don't live in China. I often visit, but hearing this song makes me really miss it. Although there are sadly many people who accuse China of horrible things, some true, some not. I think that the beauty of the traditions and things should be appreciated. So that's that's kind of funny. Someone doing a cover of a Wiz Khalifa song from Fast and the Furious, and they're getting wistful about uh, like traditional culture. Yeah, <laughs> that's uh, that's what everybody does. Also, I just find it so suspect that it's willing to suggest alternate tunings for the Zhuihu. But then on the zither, it doesn't tell you, like, try the alternate tuning of D, A, G, G, B, C, A, A, D, D, E flat, E flat, G, C, C, B, A, D. Like, how many fucking strings does one of those have, you know? 
Let's see. Zwihu. See you again. Gotta check. Nope, just the Zing. Is the Zwihu the same as the Zhang? No. It's it's not like the Zhang Dihu. The zither, the Zuffalo. The Zuffalo. <laughs> the Zuffalo. <laughs> that is number ten. That sounds like something, just a flute. Like, uh, something that like the Wiggles would make up in a kid's song. A Zuffalo. A lot it's of like these shouldn't creature. even count as instruments because it's just like could you should be able to say like guitar counts as F because of Fender. If you're just gonna say like every local name for a flute, Wait, that's its own instrument. This is what I was getting at earlier that. I don't even know that any of these write-ups are remotely true. This write-up is just extremely wrong for the Zuffalo. You watch the oh, yeah, video it's, and it's, it's like not a, a flute. stringed instrument. Yeah, it claims that like the Zong like the Zongju, it consists of four strings stretched across a soundboard. No, it doesn't. The video is right above this in the write-up. Yeah, I think that was supposed to be through the zither. No, but the zither has way more than four strings. It's just completely wrong. It just completely it doesn't have any context. It claims that you can bend notes on it. On a flute? Or I guess it's I gotta find out what a zuffalo is. For example, due it's a to flute. its size. Yeah, you due to its size, you can use both hands to pluck or strum. So it's just completely wrong. Yeah, it's telling you to use guitar style picking on this flute. Well, you could. Yeah, why Jimmy not? Page used a violin bow on a guitar. No one got mad at him. Yeah, I want to be the Jimmy for Page the of Zuffalo. You could, yeah, the, the Zoso of Zuffalo. That's what they call <laughs> me. What? Yep. Hold on. Let me show. Let me send you this article in Singer's Room. It'll explain. Well, actually, no, it won't. Never mind. Don't click what? that. It won't explain what a Zuffalo is. It says it has strings. It doesn't have strings. <laughs> Number 11 is Zerna. The Zerna. An it's ancient a, wind instrument. It's been used in traditional music for centuries, but it doesn't tell you where or what culture. It's Turkish, I guess. Oh, at the very end, it does say it's from Turkey. Yeah. In the fourth paragraph. It's a horn. Professional Turkish Zerna. That sounds pretty cool, I guess. Um, are, you are we sure that the Zambamba is number one? That seems actually like it's probably at the very bottom of the list for me. Yeah. Now that I've heard all these, I think I can say... The Zambamba is the worst one. I like the Zhang because um, hearing my favorite Wiz Khalifa song on it kind of contextualized it for me. Yeah, the Zhang and the Zither, those both get points. Yeah, those both go. I think the Zuffalo has its, has its qualities, despite the AI not understanding what it is. I want to find more traditional covers of See You Again. I think that's all, that's all there really is, though. Oh, man. Is the Zither and the Zhang. Maybe if we dig deeper on YouTube, we could do that for an episode. Just listen to covers of See You Again in like 20 different varieties. Oh, there's someone uh, someone playing the Guzheng. Ooh, we're not going to learn about that till we do the best instruments with G. Yeah, it's going to say it's very similar to the Zheng. It sounds exactly the same. Some of these, I don't know if you could, like, I'm not going to give that the benefit of giving it a uh, its own name as an instrument. That can be a type of zither. Or at least gonna, a type of Zhang. Like going to through have these a Zhang and a Gu Zhang, that's just, it, it sounds the same. I think we're going to end up having a conclusion uh, from going through these articles. It's just like when we talk about genres of music where they should simplify instruments out there down to one string instrument, one percussion instrument, one woodwind. Just give us the best, you know? And then What's every the band should have to have one of each music family. 
Mm, what about like a 12 string bass slash one of those weird uh, necks where it's like three bass strings and like four guitar strings, like a weird seven string monstrosity. You could do a lot with that. Yeah, I guess that would maximize the amount of notes you could play. The octave range. I just want to be play very difficult notes. for everybody. Everybody has to have a nine string guitar. Everybody Dude, has to be a gent guy. Can you imagine the kind of jam sessions though that they have in heaven where it's like Bonham on the Zambamba and Hendrix on the Zhang and they got like some other guy on the Zuffalo <laughs> and like David Bowie on like the Zerna. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They got Barbara Bush on the Zither. Richard Pryor's playing the Zalaika. And Paul Walker's on the Zock playing See You Again, dedicated to himself. That's right. They don't let him drive. They don't let him drive in heaven, which is his own hell. They actually send him to would, hell. That would be a sensible punishment in heaven, honestly, if you died that way. Yeah. Well, I, I guess if you're in heaven, you shouldn't have to drive. If you're that Can rich you, to wait. begin with, you shouldn't have to drive. But especially if you're in heaven, like they should have teleportation. They should have, like, you know, like there shouldn't be transportation in heaven. This shows my unfamiliarity with scripture here, but if you die in heaven, is it like Groundhog Day where you just keep coming back again and again? Yeah, people keep jumping off the edge. Yeah, if that was the case, everyone would just be doing insane shit all the time. Just like, it would be like, heaven would just be Grand Theft Auto. Just yeah, Paul Walker's like, just doing the most dangerous shit, driving 200 miles an hour in some kind of weird space car in heaven, just killing 10,000 people, and they all just respawn right away. He ran over Philip Seymour Hoffman. Yeah, They both just respawn. Spawn camping people in heaven. Heaven is kind of like Fortnite, where all these famous people, like all the different skins of all these popular characters who've died, are all just like shooting each other with weapons from other IP. I used a Fortnite gun to kill Kirk Douglas with the second he spawned. Yeah. <laughs> he keeps respawning over and over with no gear. It's awesome. That's the only kind of, like, now that I'm thinking about this, that's the only way heaven makes sense, right? I keep asking him to prove that he's the real Kirk Douglas, and he keeps doing the Spartacus thing. But then all <laughs> the other actors from that movie who are also all dead, they say it too. They're all in heaven, so there's no way for him to prove it. Yeah. And that's also his hell. He's in hell for also, raping like Natalie kind of, Wood. And that's his personal hell is that he's in heaven and no one can verify his ID. You know, like when Christian conservatives have like conspiracies about like the world government is trying to get us all to have one ID that identifies us and they're going to. Yeah, that'd be awesome. That's what that's like. They're, they're afraid of that. But in heaven, obviously, that would be the only way to prove who you are. Right. Like there would have to be some kind of like authoritarian one world government run by God who forces you to ID yourself, right? Or else you're going to have Spartacus situations all the time like that. They must have DNA tests. Yeah. It just seems less readily available. Like, are they going to do a DNA test every time you uh, go to like, I don't know. It'd be so many situations where you need your driver's license, right? Like when you're buying alcohol, if you died at age 16, you can never drink up there. No, you can drink as much as you want if you die as a kid. Yeah, that's probably true. That's the number one cause of teen suicide, is kids thinking that if you go to heaven, there's no drinking age. Yeah. <laughs> and it, but it is true. Yeah. And they're right to do it, I guess. Yeah. I've, I, I prefer to see it as them ascending to a higher Only if plane. they're good Christians, though. They're in a better place now. Your son is in a better place. They can, you can drink beer in heaven, even if you're <laughs> 16. 
telling that someone like that at a funeral. You can do whatever you want. You can buy M-rated games. They're actually free. He's playing uh, Grand Theft Auto with Jesus and drinking beer. I can equally imagine that heaven is like um, the Facebook metaverse, basically. Just super low legs. poly. Yeah, there's no no legs. You just kind of float around this low-res shithole for all eternity. That would be what it is. Because there's so, nothing to was, really do. It would turn into like a yeah. glorified chat room like Habo Hotel or anything so. like that where you're you're just an avatar in a chat room. Like because, Heaven was designed so long ago that it doesn't have the latest technology or anything cool. You're just in a void where yeah. nothing ever changes and you have no reason to do anything. And there's nothing fun to do because all the fun stuff is outlawed. So it is like Habbo Hotel. Yeah, you're just sitting there. Like, do you even have to eat? Do you have to do anything? Like, you don't, you never age. You're just kind of sitting around having a boring conversation forever. Yeah. That's that the sense in which it's like the metaverse, where you would go to bars in the metaverse, but there's no drinks and there's no way to drink over the internet. So you're just sitting there doing nothing. Well, people should enjoy the bar in heaven before Billy Joel gets there. Uh, that's right. He's going to crash his car into it. Yeah. He's going to, uh, once he goes Paul Walker mode, He's going to join Paul Walker up in heaven and he's going to be at that bar in heaven and he's going to be singing piano, man. He's going to be singing sardonic songs about all the dead people at the bar. Dude, can you imagine the kind of illegal drag races they have in heaven, man? Paul Walker, Billy Joel. They're probably drifting everywhere. It's so crazy. Vince Neal, once he dies, (laughs) Matthew Broderick. Do you think that guys in heaven, do you think like Jimi Hendrix is saying right now to uh, John Bonham, like, Man, can you imagine the kind of supergroup jams that they have on Earth with like Phoebe Bridgers and Lucy Dacus and Julian Baker? That would be crazy. That would be crazy if they joined up and they made a bunch of really slow acoustic songs. Yeah, maybe you could review that album with the same rule set as the Lana Del Rey album. Yeah, I went through it. Uh, I went through it earlier. Track two is good. Uh, the rest of it doesn't exist because it's too slow. That's uh, better than the Lana Del Rey album, I think, by virtue of having one up-tempo song. You can uh, you can evade me by being too slow, like a fly. <laughs> like if you move up to a fly really, really slow, it won't notice that you're coming. So like it if only an, notices if a, fast movements. A pop artist was scared; they're terrified of being skewered by you. Like, well, I better make a really slow album next time. Yeah, make an eight-minute song, and it starts with an acoustic guitar and ooh, through a bunch of reverb, and I'll turn it off. <laughs> it's like um, if you see a grizzly bear and you're supposed to stand still or whatever. Yeah. Just make a really slow song, and he won't pay attention to you. If you start singing a really fast-tempo song in front of a grizzly bear, it'll kill you. <laughs> it'll take swipes at you. They don't like that. They like chill wave. Man, I think if we can get our hands on a grizzly bear... We could make a bunch of viral videos like Grizzly Bear reacts to hearing Zambamba for the first time. And then we could use it for meat once we're done with it. Once yeah, the views start to drop off. A couple thousand bucks a pound probably sell that to Bob Dylan. This bear's done laying eggs. Yeah. <laughs> Chop him up. He's done laying proverbial golden eggs. Man, can you imagine the kind of um, porridge eating sessions that bears have in heaven? The bear that liked the too hot one. The bear that tried the too cold one. The bear that tried the just right one. Legendary, man. Well, I think it would be the same one if they're the bears, right? Weren't there if three If Goldilocks bears? was in heaven. 
Well, the th- I, th- I think each one of the bears had the porridge to their preference, right? Oh, is, yeah, is they like different things. And she, didn't she only like one of them? I have, I yeah, have she only no liked one of them. Memory at all. So I think if Goldilocks was in heaven, which I think she does get killed, uh, then Wait a second. She, it would be the same porridge, but the bears just wouldn't be there. So was Goldilocks sneaking into the three bears' house, whereas the wolf is sne- sneaking into the three pigs' house? There's a lot it's of like, three. Yeah, there's a lot of threes, and there's a lot of breaking and entering in these old tales. It's all crypto-Christian. The three is the Trinity. Breaking and entering is Jesus' tomb or Jesus t- overturning the temple. That kind of stuff. And the porridge that was too hot and too cold was at the Last Supper when the the Mater D kept fucking everything up. The three little pigs and the, the, the wolf keeps trying to eat them. That's Jesus trying, got it, his... It's him trying to violate the Jewish dietary laws in the temple. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But at the Last Supper, Jewish, uh, Jesus got his porridge, and it was much too hot. And he was like, no, 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 no. And he sent it back. And that's this why Judas is betrayed much too him. Water. Judas betrayed him because he was just so snobby about that kind of shit. Yeah, he was talking shit. Judas was honestly kind of a sneak disser. I think we should choose one of these to play us out. I think my favorite one was the Zalaika. Yeah. I guess like the Zambamba, I think is the worst on this list. And yet I'm the most transfixed by it because it has so few uses, I think. Yeah. It makes a very specific sound that I feel like you could get with a lot of things. Yeah. And you know what? At first I thought it was crazy that it's number one, but now I keep thinking about it so much. I think they were right to put the Zambamba at number one. The AI is always right. You know, it's a brain worm. It has staying power as an instrument.